It's Operation Babble with Mike Shrews. It's pop culture, music, movies, TV too. It's time to explore life. It's Operation Babble time. Dun 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 dun. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Operation Babble. I am Mike Shrews, and today I have nobody. No John. <laughs> I actually have a special guest today, guys. Uh, his name's Austin Mosier. Is that correct pronunciation of your that, last that name? That is correct. That is correct. All right. Um, and Austin, you go ahead and introduce yourself because I suck at it. <laughs> well, I'm a recent uh, grad of film. I'm a filmmaker. I just went to school here in Toledo um, for it. Um, I'm just uh pop culture movie obsessive okay uh looking to get into the industry and i love talking about this shit so right we all love talking about this shit <laughs> <laughs> and i see the star wars posters in your back there so you yeah, must star love wars. star wars i love star wars and i got good bad and the ugly over here wild bunch so right i got then. some stuff going on all right. So I got to ask because everybody's going to want to know, what is your favorite-ish style? We'll say style. We'll say style instead of favorite movie. That's like very generic. That's very hard to answer to. So what's your favorite like style of filmmaking? Oh, that's still hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, like a, I like a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I watch just about everything. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm a I'm a huge David Lynch fan, uh, okay. so I really so I really like that kind of like dreamy surreal stuff. So I, I guess I'll go with that for for this All right. answer. All right, <laughs> sounds good. All right, so um guys, also uh, Austin's in our Operation Babel group. Um, one of the ways that we got him on here today too is because you actually interact uh on the group a decent amount. Um, granted I post a lot of bull crap in the group, so <laughs> everybody gets, uh, too, too drag with, uh, uh, too bored with all of, uh, my random posts, but you, you still like interact in the group, post some stuff, um, and do comments and everything. And, uh, the reason we got, uh, Austin on here today is me and him both watched the lighthouse, All right? Um, if for people that don't know, it's from Robert Eggers, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Eggers or Eggers, yeah. something like that. Uh, written by Robert and Max Eggers, Eggers, uh, starring Will pa- Robert Pattinson and William Defoe. And I'll just read a quick synopsis for everybody from Robert Eggers, the visionary filmmaker behind modern horror masterpiece The Witch, comes the hypnotic and hallucinatory tale of two lighthouse keepers on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. Did they actually tell it was the 1890s uh, in the movie? I don't know if they ever said it explicitly, but I think it's more... Um, Given from their apparel. The, like the way the way they're talking and yeah. like the style of the film and stuff like that kind of imply yeah. its period. And this movie, guys, it just came out uh 2019 i I don't remember the exact date because it's being released like slowly throughout the country right like they're limited um theater openings and stuff it was official it was a a released first on like a limited release on the 
15th and then uh like the 25th or something like that it opened wide and okay. but i had a i had an interesting battle even seeing this thing <laughs> yeah go ahead yeah uh, the uh cuz i've been looking forward to this movie forever you know i i was a huge fan of the witch and so when I, and i also right. love robert pattinson so like when i heard that they're going to do a movie together and then this like i saw slowly starting to learn about this thing i'm like okay i'm really excited for this and then the trailers got me really going and then i'm so i've been months looking forward to this movie yeah and then it, the the 15th came around i'm like all right it's going to open and then it was like oh it's a limited release i have to wait another week <laughs> yeah so i waited that week and then the theater, the one theater in Toledo that was going to show this movie, like the day that it's supposed to come out, decided to pull it. I don't know what reason. I think it was something to do with some distribu- distribution okay. issue or something, but they pulled it from theaters. I know it's. And so I, I had to drive like an hour up to uh, Ann Arbor to see it <laughs> that night. So. Did you at least get a good, uh, good screen? You know, nice. Oh yeah, it was, stuff it was like that? probably a better. It was a better theater than I would have seen it in. Right, it had like recliners in them and stuff. Yeah. Like and this is sweet. from A twenty four Studios, right? Or productions yeah, or films? Films. That's what it is. A twenty four films. <laughs> Everybody has their own thing. It's your films, productions, or studios, and you know, no one can make up their damn mind what it's going to be called, <laughs> anyways. A lot of times they'll drop the that last part anyways, and you just call it a twenty four. Um, and they've actually done some quite a bit of really good movies lately. Um, yeah, they're they're really one of the best studios out there. I feel like they're the ones that are producing the most original films yeah. out there. They're the ones that are going to be responsible for everybody getting to see Adam Sandler as kind of like a gangster guy in that Uncut Gems movie or whatever. Yeah, the Safty Brothers new movie. Yeah, yeah, that one looks kind of cool. Um, so as far as Lighthouse goes, and, and actually, I want to get on something that you were saying, like the limited release crap. Can I just say I hate that studios do that so much. I do, I do too. And I, I, you know, I could blame the studios really, but I, I think it's more so like the theater chains. They get filled up with all these like Disney movies or the bigger guys that they don't let these little guys come in for as long as they should be allowed to which kind of sucks i know um three from hell suffered from that uh of course i heard it's not that great of a movie but i didn't even get to see it in theaters i didn't get to see it either because it was only available through like a fathom event like one yeah, day like or one day like event thing one maybe and was, two and um, I, and i i didn't even know that it was happening until it was already over yeah. and then i was like oh it i didn't i've been waiting for the thing to come out i had found out about it like two days before and like i even follow um rob zombie and stuff on social media and i was like how could i not run into this beforehand um and then the same thing goes with like the jay and silent bob reboot they had that in theaters for two days through fathom events mm-hmm. and then now he's on tour so now if you want to see it before it's released on dvd you have to pay like 50 bucks, 60 bucks or some shit like that. But you get like a, a you know, a meet and greet or something, a Q&A yeah, session. Yeah, they're, they're there in person yeah. for the screening. So it may, makes it a little more, uh, I guess, give you more reason to do it. Yeah. But still, $50 to see a movie is yeah. 
<laughs> it's it's it, it should be interesting. I know they're coming to my town, so we'll see. Um, I'm I'm still on the fence of if I'm going to do it or not. They're not going to be here till 2020, anyways. So I still have like a month or two to wait, or two months to wait for it, uh, and then I'll decide on that one. But anyways, we are here. We're going to talk about the lighthouse. First thoughts, dude. First thoughts on the film. It's a it's a difficult movie to like really like put your finger on. It's a it for one thing, it's not going to be for everybody. Yeah. I'm going to put that out there. If it, it's a it's a really strange movie mm-hmm. in in the best possible way, I think. Um but it's a it it delves into it's a psychological thing, so you, you go kind of crazy watching it, right. uh, and then by the end of it, you're just like confused but interested and scared and laughing. You know, it's a genre. It's like you don't know what's going on, it's, but I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Now they shot this on. So I so for me, I actually found out about Lighthouse. Um, a while back, but I didn't like dive into like learning more about it or anything like that. So they shot this on 35 millimeter, correct? Yeah. They shot it on like kind of period, not period. Correct. But like, uh, they shot it on, on film for that old style. They shot it in, uh, uh, the boxy, uh, like one to one aspect ratio. Yeah, that, like they used in like old silent film and stuff like that. Yeah. Which was really cool to see. Uh, but then I'm kind of like, I paid for a movie ticket, not part of a movie, <laughs> you know, <laughs> cause it's like, you know, if, if they moved it off to the side, half the screen would have just been empty. It was kind of, uh, interesting to see. I know, I know quite a lot of people. Yeah. Like you said, definitely won't enjoy even the, just the, the aesthetic of it. Um, let alone yeah, people- the story, not even discussing the story yet, but like the appeal yeah, people of might get, people might get a little irritated because you know it does have that boxy aspect ratio mm-hmm. so there are like the the full screen isn't in use for it so you have like the black out right. that's then, actually how i knew the movie was about to start when i was like because the, the the previews and everything were like on the full screen and then yeah. like the whole screen just shrunk and i'm like ah the movie's about to start <laughs> <laughs> and then they shot it monochrome too so that was kind of cool too like yeah i i feel if if it was in color, it would have taken a lot away from the story arc that was going through. It, it would have confused me a little more, I think. I think that black and white made it like more engrossing. Yeah, like it, it draws you into like the fantasy of it because, in a way, it is a fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a horror, dark, kind of thing. There's. There's elements of this that are just I don't know how spoiler I can get on this. Oh, uh, okay. Here I'll just announce it. Uh, complete spoilers for Lighthouse, the Lighthouse. So if you guys haven't watched it yet, since we haven't talked anything about the story, um, go watch it if you plan on it. If you like crazy weird stuff, I guess, right? I, yeah. I would say. Um, other than that, you know, uh, go watch it and tune back in now or stay for spoilers. This is your last warning. Spoilers. Spoilers spoilers there we go <laughs> there we go but like there's there's just scenes I, I when i walked out of it it kind of felt like when i first watched david lynch's movie eraser head okay. which if anyone has seen that movie it's 
very dreamlike and like very uh, delirious kind of thing and and there's scenes where you think okay this actually happened but then you you start start to question well did that actually happen who's crazy is it this guy crazy are they both crazy Mm -hmm. Uh, like you see robert pattinson like have sex with a mermaid at one point and (laughs) uh it's uh how and the weird, wow. like, they, they, they actually do, I don't remember if it was a close-up or, or, like, a pull-out, but they were, like, doing, like, this weird angle of, like, the what would be the mermaid's vagina or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's about when it starts to get, like, really crazy, and he's just, like, just, like, ferociously masturbating in a shed somewhere, just, like, and yeah. it was, oh, it's, it's weird. <laughs> and then he has like uh so the whole basis of like the whole mermaid crap too comes from like um they they okay so they get to the lighthouse which is a very uh, th- there's a lot of gay undertones for this movie too oh, oh my god I, if if anything i'd say that this movie is implicitly about like repressed sexuality yeah because and this <laughs> yeah. um uh, so we were going to actually have an, I was going to have another guest on too with you, uh, Austin, uh, EJ. And you know, he, w- he said something and I, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, that's holy shit. And I didn't even really come to my mind as I was watching the movie, but over rethinking it and stuff like that. So I, I was really looking forward to him like being on here and bringing more of that into it. But yeah, like there's so much, so much like repressed stuff in there. It's like, crazy um there's that one, there's the one point in the movie where they're they're they get drunk together yeah. frequently in this movie and then they're usually doing like sea shanties and dancing and and at one point they get like they're like slow dancing mm-hmm. and then they almost kiss like they yeah. come like like uh, really close then they push each other and they start like just like punching each, each other oh yeah and, and can- so it's can I say though, I was so hoping we were gonna get to see William Defoe and Robert Pattinson kiss, <laughs> like in the I least thought... gay way possible. I was just like, "Oh my god, are we gonna get like?" It would have been like cinematic gold. <laughs> I I honestly thought we were gonna get it at some point, but it was a, uh, and they kind of squabble like married couples, you know. Yeah. Like there's there's an argument about whether or not Robert Pattinson likes Willem Defoe's cooking and. Right, I was like, "Wow, this got real way fast." I was like, <laughs> "Because before that uh, part, like, um, you see William Defoe's character is like the alpha male in the house." Yeah, and then later down the road, it becomes like he's like this like lowly housewife type character. Yeah, <laughs> especially when he's breaking down, he's like, "You like my food, don't you?" To say you like it, say <laughs> it's just like and he, and, he, and he rattles off this like three minute long curse because he doesn't he says he doesn't like his food. Yeah. So he so it, it, the moment you see in the trailer where he says like may that tombstone strike ye dead and stuff like that, that actually is part of like this like literal three minute long like curse on yeah. Robert Pattinson for not liking his food. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny, man. Uh, there, there's a lot of moments that are just like it. It keeps the story going, and it's funny, and it's like what's yeah. happening next type of thing, 
you just want to keep watching there's fart jokes in this like you know <laughs> so i wasn't really expecting i'm just like oh okay it's funnier than you expect it to be yeah uh it's more crazy than i think i even expected and i was expecting it to be crazy yeah so <laughs> i wasn't expecting like a a crazy like weird story i guess because again i didn't watch anything for from it i just like heard it was coming out and like heard a base premise for it and was like i kind of want to watch especially with all the people being asses about robert pattinson becoming batman i was like i'm gonna go and support this dude in the art piece that he's doing just to you know shut these other people (laughs) up Well, the people are, who are doing that are hung up on Twilight. You know, they're like, oh, yeah. he did Twilight, therefore bad, which is incorrect for one thing because he's done so many good movies. Mm. If you like Twilight, fine. But, yeah. like, he's done so much good stuff. Like, especially, you know, like with the A24 type, you know, like he's done a lot of artsy stuff. I mean, he's worked with, like, big-time director like Claire Dennis and the right. FD brother. He's not working with like bad directors. Like people seek him out, and he like he he, he kind of handpicks his projects. Mm-hmm. And he's very like particular of what he's gonna work on stuff. So that makes me have high hopes for the Batman movie too. Because if he he decides, yeah, let's let's go ahead with that. The script's got to be pretty damn good, pretty or at least good, the story. Yeah. And and just from the like the assembly of the casts mm-hmm. and stuff and the uh, the even through like the cinematographer directors yeah. and you know, like everybody attached to this thing so far, in my opinion, has been a really good cast. Yeah, and I'm like this, so I'm interested, and I'm more interested because, like I said, I'm a huge Robert Pattinson fan, and yeah. the, the Lighthouse was like the like the peak of that for me because i'm just like oh, i get oh, yeah. to see him like as like a a wiki on a an island just <laughs> going crazy and his performance is like terrifying and intense and awesome in this movie too so oh yeah man it's interesting to see though too like this movie i don't remember what the budget was for this i had i had seen it earlier but i forget but it was only three technically two cast members and then one extra which was the mermaid chick and that's it they they shot a whole movie with three people bam that's it one one location ish i guess unless that you know they shot in multiples probably but they shot in multiple like the exterior of the i was reading about this kind of reading up Mm -hmm. on it for this um the the exteriors was all shot on an island on in, in off the coast of Canada or something like that. Okay. But like they had to actually like build, um, like the interior, the interior set because they weren't able because the the um the interior of the light, actual lighthouse was very narrow. Yeah, and they weren't able to get like a camera in there, so they had to like build a interior of the lighthouse set. Right. I so can see that because like, it's in the walls and stuff. Yeah, I've been in a few like lighthouses, and it's they they are really narrow, um, especially the older ones. So I was wondering, I was when they were going up there, I was like, "Is that real? Did they build it?" Because yeah, it looked pretty big. Apparently, the lighthouse itself is actually quite small too. Mm-hmm. The, the the way they shot it makes it this very like large and, and intimidating thing, but the it's actually 
not that big. Yeah. So it's yeah. interesting. It's all you know about perspective. Yeah. Or force force perspective. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so and I, I wanna jump back real quick too, is like cause you were saying something about Robert Pattinson and the whole Batman shit. And I know people I've talked about this a lot and I told you all to get over the Batman stuff. But uh with that too, the thing that confuses me is everyone looks at Robert Pattinson as a sparkly vampire still. Which that was Ten years ago, almost right, uh, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, my thing is okay. Shia LaBeouf is like doing about the same acting, kind of like Robert Pattinson, a great, phenomenal actor, and yet people don't go, "Oh, well, he did Even Stevens, or he was that kid or, from Transformers," you know. Like he's moved past being the kid from Transformers, just as Robert Pattinson's moved past right. the guy from Twilight. It's like it's they're evolved as artists but people choose to only like hand select like the bad stuff that they've done yeah. be like see look they're bad yeah which is not it's because uh, um i feel like if you're working with like the safety brothers or claire dennis or uh, matt reeves you mm-hmm. have to be at least some level of good you know like you're not right. gonna be you're not they're not gonna hire a bad actor right Especially when you're an auteur director, you're not going to hire some like shit actor. You know, I don't know. It irritates me because, you know, Ben Affleck went through the same thing Mm. when he became Batman. There was like, every Batman Batman. went through it. (laughs) Like, he can't be Batman. He was in Daredevil, and Daredevil was bad. Therefore, this will be bad. And he was not the reason those movies were bad. (laughs) No. (laughs) The scripts were the reason some of those movies were bad. And then, you know, the shot picks and everything out. Oh, yeah. I actually like the Daredevil movie, though. Like, for for the time period it was made, it wasn't that bad of a comic book movie if you look at what we had coming out then. But I mean, I don't remember it very much because it's been a really long since I've seen that one. Yeah, I remember liking it when I was a kid. But, you know, I was into those kind of comic book movies at the time. You know, even even Electra, I liked it. And that one's considered one of the worst ones. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, if they I feel if they wouldn't have said that that was like Electra from a comic book and they just took that story and made her a, a, a female character in that movie that movie would have been received better but oh that's just my opinion um (laughs) so uh the lighthouse anyways like i said this this is a podcast full of tangents dude um i read some stuff on it uh just to just to get up on it i still have my own personal opinion of what i thought of like the ending and we'll get to that part. Um, mm. But uh, I read some stuff that <clears throat> they were saying that like the story arc between these two guys was like Prometheus and Proteus. Proteus. Yeah. And uh, two, like, two like ancient uh, Greek yeah. Uh, gods. Yeah. It's like um, Prometheus being the God, uh, like the sea we would be the Willem Dafoe character, like the grizzled sea man. And mm. then, uh, uh, you said the name now. It just Pro- escaped Proteus. Me. Yeah, and he he was like a, I think a woodland, because he's a timber man 
who becomes a wiki. So he's a right the lumber, and uh, he becomes a wiki because he wants a he's escaping his past pretty much. So he's like going on a new life as a as a lighthouse keeper, and and it, it, it parallels because Robert Eggers is a very research driven, and he like likes to. He, so he put two Greek gods who never had any interactions essentially together. Mm. And they're not actually the gods, but they're representative of them. Right. I think. And yeah, now cause I, I was doing some reading on it too. Cause I, I, I didn't know that going in yeah. that that's what he yeah. was thinking. I wouldn't, uh, I rarely ever read into like where the writers or the directors came up for stuff. Um, until after I've watched the movie, because yeah. I like to form my own opinion, because maybe my opinion's better than what they wrote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, there's nothing wrong. With that. I do the same thing. I don't. I try not to read too much about it, even like reviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. I try to steer away from that because I don't want other people's opinions, negative or positive, to to sway me. Right. And then you- we've actually talked about that on this cast. Um, where I, I've I've told you know I don't when when I get my first opinions out about a movie or something it's gonna be raw I'm not gonna have gone and seen the movie and then watch reviews about it or watch reviews and then uh, go see the movie because that that right there is just <laughs> idiotic because then you're going in with asking somebody else's thoughts yeah that's that's one of the issues I mean but some people are able to separate that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And not be like, well, this, this, and that. But then sometimes I feel subconsciously you might do it anyways. It's it's there. Once it's put in your mindset, it's hard to not do it. Unless you're a very uh, strong-willed person, I I guess. I don't know (laughs) exactly the word I'm looking for. Um, This this is how I kind of wish that when when EJ was here, because he is a critic... Yeah. And I would, to, I would, I wanted to ask like how he stayed away from like other critics' opinions before, or you know, like could, well, how he, I know he read other critiques and well, for him, he actually gets to go to the press screenings and stuff like that. So okay. he gets to go ahead before he basically gets a headline of like when the rest of the uh, press people would get to go in and watch it. So they're probably all okay. watching around the same time. Then he forms his opinion. I'm guessing uh, we can ask him later if he comes back on. He's been sick for this one. He was sick for another one too, which sucks. But we'll get him on one of these days. Uh, but yeah, um, I would definitely love to have both of you guys come back on because you yeah, could pick his brain, especially about um, the, his process and all that stuff. But yeah, I would say that w- that helps is being able to see it before all those reviews come out too. Plus um, reviewers that get the, like the free screenings and stuff like, or the press screenings, um, they can't release their reviews until a specific time and date right. and stuff like that. And like some companies actually allow certain or some productions let certain companies release before other uh, people are allowed to release. It's really weird how it goes. Cause you know, they want the, I don't know. I, I don't truly know. So that's how I'm going to leave that one. But um, <laughs> as far as like myself, I always love watching the movie, forming my own opinion. Like uh, I did it with 
uh, Spider-Man, the last Spider-Man movie that came out. I, I went and watched the movie. I loved it. And then I did like a, a <clears throat> what I was going to do as a review video on YouTube. But it turned out to just be like a fanboy uh, orgasming <laughs> on video. <laughs> so, um, and I didn't even cut footage in or nothing. It was literally just me talking. Uh, so sorry about that, guys, if you guys watch that. Um, but I mean, that I've only watched it one time and I just went fanboy out based on how I felt from the first view, which was okay. Now I have, I have yet to watch it again. And I'm worried that when I watch it again, I'm going to find all those things I didn't see and then just go back and be like, watch my video and be like, wow, that kid was stupid. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with the no. initial gut reaction because you know, it, a lot of people enjoy things until people tell them, Hey, that wasn't good. Right. And then you're like, Oh, and then you, I feel like that's what happens with a lot of these big movies, you know, like the, the, uh, the star Wars prequels yeah. for one, you know, people, when they first, like people were walking out of theaters and people were asking opinions and stuff for the most part, I think people were saying they liked it mm-hmm. until people started to say, wow, these are bad. Jar Jar Binks is bad. And right. then they're like, Oh, these are bad. And then they, you, you kind of just adapt to that popular opinion of something. Yeah. And that was like around the time, the rise of like message boards and all that stuff were starting to yeah. come up on the internet. And people were just like saying whatever the hell they wanted, whether they believed it or not, because they were like, Oh, no one can tell who I am. I'm just going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> and now there's not even that, uh, uh, that uh um like screen name protecting you or or not people are just like posting yeah like on facebook and twitter and all this stuff and they're just like everybody has an opinion on this stuff now and it's becoming harder to like i feel to just really distance yourself from that you kind of have to shut down social media for a while if you're really looking Mm. forward to something because like you could go on to like the nfl comment section and they'll be like Han Solo dies in the Force Awakens, and <laughs> like, oh, I was looking to see about like the Packers, but sure, right? They just love <laughs> so, to troll you, man. They, yeah, honestly, it, to me, a lot of, and I had this discussion. I, I feel I had this discussion before on another cast, um, with with John or with John and a guest or something like that, um, because I had brought that that up, um, before about like watching the reviews or hearing other people's perspective yeah perspectives and shit like that um before forming your own solid thing and like you know it's perfectly fine not to do a video or not to do a podcast or not to do a post about your opinion it's perfectly okay people on the internet you don't have to let the whole world know but like form your own opinion before you 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 take into consideration everyone else's and then that will help you know, you might be like, oh, yeah, well, I guess this is like this, but I still like it. Yeah. But I And I still can enjoy it just because you didn't enjoy that part. Maybe I like that part or, you know, something like that. A lot, like you said, comes with Star Wars. That That's a beast of its own. Uh, and the trolls out for Star Wars are a beast of their own, too. Like, I right. I always stay away. I'm like, you know, I know a so, uh, decent amount of Star Star Wars lore, but... I am not going to get into it. <laughs> no, 
but we're also in a weird era of criticism too because i love criticism of film mm. like i i really a lot like and respect critics for what they are like you don't have to agree with critics which is i think the kind of the point of them but everyone's saying like oh if the rotten tomato scores of this movie isn't good then therefore people are saying not to see this movie and i'm going to see it despite the stupid critics and right. so, it's not exactly what's happening, you know, but, but it, they make it a problem. And then now there's this like disrespect for a form of like writing. It's like the, the, these are just people expressing their opinions too. Right. And if you don't like it, you can offer a debate and disagree with their points. Now, whatever. With, yeah, I can understand that too. Um, but there are things with like some reviewers where, you know, there, there have been people that openly admit that they either gave it a good review or ranked it higher as a better movie because, you know, if they don't, they might lose their press screenings or something like that. Some people have admitted this. They're also bad critics, but that's right. not saying all critics are bad. Right, right. So that's and that's the different. big issue is, like, people have to decide between them, especially in the age of critics. And then a lot of people also forget there's a difference between being a critic and being an asshole. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it's like, you know, being a critic, you, you criticize based on your own feelings, based on your knowledge of whatever subject it is you're criticizing on. But if somebody comes back and comments to you and says, well, no, what about this, this, and this? And then you come back and tell them to shut their effing mouth. (laughs) <laughs> and then just like keep going 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 it's like yo it the, the arguments i think are the biggest things for me whenever i see anybody talking about art as a form and i think we've talked about this too um uh through facebook and stuff is like when people are discussing art in any form it doesn't matter music movies uh you know actual like what people say is art, you know, painting and all that stuff. It's like, discuss it, but don't argue about it. And don't always try and push your opinion onto somebody. No. It's okay to and have that, different opinions. That's what I like about the, the critic, uh, format of Ebert and Roper had and yeah. Ebert and Siskel uh, and Ebert and all that. Like those guys like had very different opinions. very often got into like debates over their opinions. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just like Roger sitting on his like ivory tower saying, this movie is amazing. Everyone will agree with me. Right. Like, you know, then uh, Siskel or Roper would say like, I didn't really like it. And then you were able to hear two people like kind of duke out their opinions. They're both knowledgeable on the subject matter to some extent. Right. And then you can go see it and see like, oh, who do I agree with more? Like, I don't know. I, I like that kind of the civil discussion, you know, like even if it's not super civil there, you're at least giving your reasons yep. why right. you're not just saying like, you're an idiot. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Like that's not an argument. <laughs> I always feel that if you're going to discuss these things, it's like, yeah, if you like it, good for you. But you know, if you, if someone else says, well, they don't like it, and they give you a few reasons why they don't like it, it'd be okay for you to be like, well, this is why I do like it. You know, not necessarily just 
shut them down and be like, well, I don't have to explain to you. Because technically, I will always say that you don't have to explain your opinions to anybody. You no, don't. No, you don't. But if you want to have a conversation, like like with uh, the Operation Babel group, I've it's it, we, we created it as a more of a discussionary place to discuss these things, not argue about them. So if you do post something, you know, and someone says, well, this is my opinion too, you know, it's okay to converse about it. But now if you post something as being like, I love this movie, like I love Lighthouse. And then that's all you say. And then people start attacking you saying, well, why? Why do you like it? Why? You don't have to answer those people. But if you're oh, in yeah. like a discussionary place, yeah, be courteous. You know, it's courtesy to respond and give your input and they'll give you their input. Of course, anybody that hates Lighthouse can eat my dick. But Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and you said something about Rotten Tomatoes, too, and I'd like to point this out. Um, Lighthouse is 92% on the tomato meter. And audience score of 71%. So that's actually pretty that good. Went down, that went down quite a bit from the last I saw. The last audience I saw. score, yeah. 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 Which is more people are watching it, you know. Um, I mean, it's not surprising because, like we said, it is a very uh, – it's not exactly a movie for mass audience. I don't know. Like, it's, it's more of an art film. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people – who go to a movie don't necessarily expect to see that right you know so like when you're walking out of that you might think that was fucking weird <laughs> and like and it is but you know some people like weird movies i like right. weird movies you know and and it so it was uh i knew it might be like uh, kind of divisive because you know the witch was pretty divisive too when it see, came i out. actually never watched the witch I'm still? Gonna, yeah, still. I'm going to go back and watch it now, though. Cause it's on Netflix. I, is it? Yeah. Okay. I'll have to check and, that out. And I, I just ordered the the Blu-ray of it, too. So, But it is on Netflix. Yeah. And it's fantastic. It, it, it's, it's pacing is kind of a similar way because Robert Eggers likes to, like, just kind of amp it up just a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. It's At first, you think, oh, this is kind of slow. Then by the end of it, it's like, uh, like eleven, <laughs> and it's just is like you just don't know what's happening, and it's crazy, and it's awesome. Right. That's the witch is the same kind of pacing. It's just a very incremental, um, incremental growth into the tension of it. Dude, one thing I loved about the lighthouse, and you know, you correct me if you you didn't see this, or you know, but I loved um, seeing the way they cut stuff. Oh, the way he cut from like, you know, scene to scene. Cause it was like very like drastic, different, you know, he's in the dang, uh, what, I don't even know what the heck he was supposed to be in, but jerking off and stuff. And then they like cut and then like, it's a whole nother like scenario that they're in. It was very like Ed Woodish to me. Mm -hmm. Like it, and there were some shots in there that looked like it was, you know, cause the way they shot this it looked like it could have just been random B footage that somebody else had and they just threw it in there. And I was like, that's actually kind of pretty cool. Just the stylized, especially the one that really get, got me like thinking old school was uh, Pattinson as he's walking into the ocean and the camera's mm. just like directly right on his face and these eyes light up and oh man, that was perfect. His eyes light up and, and you, you can tell there's like a light directly on him yeah. too. In a way, but not in like a distracting way, but yeah. like you 
film. That's how they shot it. I liked that shot too quite a bit. Um, but I I don't necessarily agree that, that it looked like B footage, but like I like yeah. uh, I like the. I think the cinematography in it is just beautiful in general. Like it's very well composed shots. Mm. And I like the fact that uh, the editing of it, they're very long shots. Oh yeah. In the, in, in, uh, most modern movies, like you, you watch it and you know, they're cutting like every couple seconds, like even like fractions of a second, you know, you yeah. just like you, just quick, quick shots. You're like for the one that I, I mentioned the, like the three minute long curse or whatever, you know, like that was one shot. Like they didn't, they think most part, except maybe like a reaction shot every once in a while. Like, so like it's one shot, you know, it's just yeah. really long uncut. And I like because, you know, it, you, that you don't really see that very often. And right. I like that people are, are out there who are still doing it, you know, like they're not, it, caring about people's attention spans too much <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's it's definitely one of this i i also did not know it was going to be like a two-hour film um and that's another thing as like a just just for the visual for people if you if you don't like that style don't go watch it because two hours of seeing that the style just like how it was shot black and white you know the the frame and everything that will definitely put off some people for two hours, but I, that movie did not feel like it was two hours long. It felt so it much faster. It did, like you said. It's like if it had stayed like the pace of the beginning, it might have felt man oh, that yeah. was a two hour movie. But like it, the the pacing of it and the insanity of it just gets amped up and amped up mm. um, incrementally throughout it. So like by the time you're getting to the end, you're like your eyes are just like you don't want to blink because yeah. it's just. The, the a quick shot could be over in a second you know like and you're like that was weird i don't want i wanted to see that again like what right like there's one time where he's like punch you like him and uh defoe are fighting and like oh, robert pattinson's punching him and it cuts down to him and he's got like all these like scales and stuff yeah. like he's and like there's tentacles behind him and stuff and it's like that this is insane and i love every second of it 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 was only like a quick shot too and i'm like and as a filmmaker my brain was just like god they wasted like probably five hours (laughs) of makeup (laughs) i was thinking the same thing i I was thinking that was going to come back or something but no it was like you're really one like quick shot of defoe this like insane like like uh scaly yeah. like uh, like kind of a barnacly like like it, makeup it's kind of like mixing uh uh what's her face Ur- is it ursula and like king triton together yeah yeah <laughs> that's what it was i was just like and, and and again my mind was just like dude that was so much makeup time like they better yeah, got some like cool like hour. random deleted scenes or something for that. Like not deleted scenes, but like random like you know shots of him, you know, give him something, you know, just for the hell of it. <laughs> that was so cool though. Um, I w- I was like in my mind too. Like even though it was black and white, I instantly pictured he was in the colors of freaking uh, Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, I I was I was thinking oranges and stuff too. Yeah, those. But oh man, it there's some crazy stuff in this movie like we were talking about. Like the 
I want to talk a little bit about the ending because yeah. the ending is like intense. So and... which ending? Because there's 500. No. <laughs> well, well, it's like uh, Willem Dafoe is his character and throughout the thing is uh, he's one that goes up and watches the lights. Yes. And he won't let Robert Pattinson go up there. He's the only one that is allowed to watch the light. Which is another thing that they attributed uh, to kind of like Greek mythology of like the light of Olympus and stuff. Mm, yeah, and like, the, like, like the all knowledge or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the all knowledge light. And finally, you know, like after he, he spoiler again, he does kill Willem Dafoe and uh, he goes up and to the light and he opens up the light and looks and it is his shot of his face he just starts screaming yeah and it goes into like a negative like a photo negative yeah. and, and like the audio is like all like clippy and like it's just distorted and it's just and then he falls down the stairs and it's like did did you know the <laughs> audio was mono in that movie was it yeah i didn't, I didn't yeah it doesn't surprise me i guess but i didn't know that yeah and I'll say this right now, because of the scene that you're just talking about, like the screaming and shit like that, sounded so much better than when Joker had like the loud noises in the city. It was yeah. so much better on my ears than that scene in the Joker when, you know, the, the city was just super freaking loud. In my theater anyways, it was just like horrible. And, and then I went and saw, because this was the first movie I saw in theaters after Joker, so... It was just like in my head. I was like, "He's not really doing anything," but the audio sounds better. <laughs> yeah, it's that seems so crazy. And the last shot of the movie is just brutal. And because yeah. at one at one point he just like completely just messes up a seagull. The yeah. seagull is like tormenting him, and he's driving him insane. And he just grabs it and just like for this is about a like minute and a half shot too. Yeah. He's just he's just whipping this thing against like a well and it's just yeah. falling apart. And then, and, and, and as if you've seen trailers, there's the line that's bad luck to kill a seabird. Mm. And so, and that's kind of what is attributed to like the, the turn of the movie when it really starts to amp up right. is after that, then the storm starts and, and then, and then he people sees start. The, the, that's after he, after he kills it is when he first sees the mermaid as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, and so it and and so at the end of this, he's uh, it shows him like lying on the beach, like still alive, just being eaten alive by seagulls, and they're like shitting on him and and everything, and it's it's gruesome and intense, and it's I think I left the theater just thinking like that was awesome. So. <laughs> I have some so, uh, one little quarrel about the the end, the very very end, when he's well. One, let me say, because um, I I think we skipped over it. Like, dude, the scene where he's burying William Defoe, yeah. or Willem Defoe. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I said William at first. Uh, when he's burying uh Willem, it's like. I want to know if that was like real dirt that they use or if it was like chocolate chunks. Cause that shit was getting all up in his mouth for real. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I hope that's like crushed Oreo or something, dude. Cause he was, yeah. And, uh, and the, the language is kind of thick in general because mm. he's using 
period correct dialects and stuff right. from like he was inspired by like uh like books like Moby Dick and yeah. other Melville and they even make and- reference to it um you know you sounding like uh, Captain Ahab and shit like that yeah. he even says it which I was like damn like yeah it was kind of cool in that in that in that scene when he's getting the dirt thrown in his face it, like it was really hard to understand what he was saying because he was saying stuff as that was happening. Yeah. But like dirt kept going in his mouth. So he'd just be like, ah, da, and right. <laughs> a mouthful of dirt and all. I have no idea what he said. I, I really so, wish I was there. Like when they shot that scene, just to be like, I wonder how he reacted when he got done shooting that scene. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me the fucking water. <laughs> just Listerine, please. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I wanted to make reference to that scene because I thought it was cool. Um, just, just like, curious Again, as, like, a filmmaker's curiosity, I'm just always wondering, like, I wonder how they did this or did that, you know? Um, because nowadays with a lot of movies, it's like, I I can tell it's CG. I don't know, need to wonder, you know? But with yeah, stuff like, like that. a green screen, right. Yeah. Like Jennifer Aniston said, you're just living on a green screen. <laughs> exactly and i agree with her 100 percent too and i also think that willem dafoe is the kind of actor who was just like yeah throw my throw that dirt in my face yeah. so he probably would take a mouthful of dirt yeah i have a buddy the the i think it was called the florida project movie that willem dafoe mm-hmm. did uh yeah. one of my buddies he actually worked on it he was uh i believe second ad on that one and um he said Willem Dafoe is just like he's he immerses in this character, but he you never hear about him doing it. You only hear about like you know uh, uh, Phoenix or Ledger, you know the people that play the play the crazy people. Although right. I would say Willem Dafoe is kind of crazy all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I was saying like he's the perfect actor to actually play crazy because I feel like in real life he is just slightly. <laughs> Right. Actually crazy. Dude doesn't really even have to act though, like for for the because of his facial features and his smile and his eyes already, mm. like he can just be himself right there. And just all he's gotta do is smile and open his eyes wide and he looks freaking crazy. Everyone yeah. else tries to get in these mindsets. I was like, nah, he's he would scare me more than your crazy little emotional problem, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> And also, and yes, fun, that was a jab at Joker. Sorry. <laughs> fun, a fun fact about uh, this too is uh, apparently Robert Pattinson is modeling his Batman voice off of Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse. So I don't know. I don't know what that's going to uh, be like. But he was saying that uh, that he's going to go kind of like a pirate route or something. But like, I don't know because he, he said I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so i i don't know i think that part element is gonna be in that decision so yeah. it's an interesting thing i heard robin pattinson say in wow. the press um okay so batman's gonna be captain ahab <laughs> <laughs> that would be i mean it'll be interesting they haven't started shooting that batman one right uh no i think they're still in the casting process okay. i think it's because yeah, they're not still doing like 2021. I think they're not going to shoot till next year. Ah, and they keep casting like 500 villains for this movie. So, but I heard that is it true that it's going to be like a trilogy? 
or no? I think I think so. I think no, they're, they're basing it off of the um, the Halloween thing. Uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, Storyline. It's it's something. I I don't remember what they called it. But uh, anyways, let's get back to the end of Lighthouse, and yeah, then we'll yeah. then we'll go off. Um, but no, like uh, like you were saying, uh, the ending of it where he's sitting there and the seagulls and stuff like that. My only issue with that was, um, so to paint the scenery, you want to paint it or? Go ahead, okay. you're on it. So to paint the scenery, he's butt naked um, on the rocks, uh, getting his, he's already ripped open from his like uh, <clears throat> abdomen down. Um, but yet he has his leg cropped up like this, like like his knees up in the air to, co- of course, cover his dick. But. I mean, I get it for cinematically like that, but in real reality, you're being eaten. Your leg's not just going to stay up like that. You're just, you're going to be laying straight down. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I, I think there might be, because for nudity in movies, there's contractual stuff. So yeah, he, probably, he doesn't. There's probably got some contractual thing like, I don't want my dick shown on screen. He could have put a sock on. They could have CG'd it out just like <laughs> they did. Uh, uh, it wasn't Halle Berry. It was somebody else. Charlie Theron, maybe? Um, in something. No, it was uh, Jessica Talking Alba. About, yeah, in uh, Sin City. Yeah. yeah. They, like, CG'd that shit in there. Yeah, because she didn't want to be nude, so they CG'd the nude around her. Yeah, which was kind of cool. I mean, if you think about it, I wonder how many people, like, the one that got me that was really crazy about like nudity and stuff like that was just, I, I know it's not like a well-received series of his. It's not like the best ones he did, but Lars's um, nymphomaniacs, mm. like the way that they did the sex scenes to make them so realistic was like, they took Shia LaBeouf or whatever guy and uh, the chick and would do like the scenes with them, but then they would have like their stand in their 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 body doubles come in who are actual porn stars and they actually did that stuff and then they just CG like they they did some weird CG tech stuff to make it all match in. And it looks like and it's gonna be it sounds perverted to say, but it looks fab like fantastic the way that they cut it there. Cause you can't tell. Like, um it was the first series First two movies that my wife ever saw of Lars's, she hated them. <laughs> but she was still like, there's no way they faked that. How did they, how did they sh- shoot that? And that's when I looked it up because I was, like, curious, you know. Um, but they, I, did, they did show real sex in that movie. Yeah. And the actors to audition for that movie had to, like, send in, like, sex tapes yeah. and stuff. So, they, so, like, Shia LaBeouf had to, like, make a sex tape and yeah. send it into Lars von Trier. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, crazy stuff around there. And then but then, Pete, there's rumors out there that, oh, no, that that's just what they said. They didn't use porn stars. They they actually had the sex and stuff like that. And that's what I that's what I heard. So I didn't hear so, that about the porn stars. Yeah, because I thought they were actually doing it in the movies. So. Yeah, I didn't. But I did also didn't like I the mean, movies so. with, with Shia LaBeouf. I wouldn't put it past them to be like, yeah, why not? It's art, you know. That's yeah. And the way yeah. he is, is like that, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past him to do that and then just make up an elaborate story as to why. Cause I'm like, 
that that had to cost a lot of money to cg oh, that stuff uh or and, to, and like, that cut. kind of movie is not going to have a huge budget either because right. nobody's like just throwing money at yeah lars von Trier's, uh um like weird art right like sex movie so so yeah <laughs> and the, but the way it was cut together i was just like if this was like literally you know doubles and then them i was like they did a really damn good job and i want that yeah. editor <laughs> <laughs> otherwise if it, if if they really did have sex i want their pr person because <laughs> they know how to keep shit under wraps <laughs> but yeah that uh she hated those movies so you know um but she would rather watch that again than watch batman v superman because i've watched it so many times <laughs> That says something right there, I think. Right. Oh, <laughs> um, man. No, those ones are, they, they were fun. Uh, they were all right. All right. Uh, I was very disappointed by then. Did you watch both of those or no? The I didn't watch the second one. I didn't okay. watch the second because I didn't like the first one. So I didn't really feel like I wanted to go in right. again. By the time, uh, that's what she said. By the time, um, <laughs> we finished the first one nick was out but she was like but i want to know what happened like you know with the girl and stuff like that so we yeah. watched the second one um and the ending is very i was very saddened by the ending even though it was like a okay-ish movie the ending was just horrible i was like no no i'm changing the story in my head <laughs> to how i want it i was like i'm gonna recut the ending because it's like if you he he does something and then like the last two minutes of the movie completely negate like everything else that was done in in throughout both movies and i was just like this is pointless just cut that scene out boom got a good movie yeah he, i don't know large bunch is he's a he's a provocateur of yeah. kind i think i think he puts stuff in movies sometimes just because they're uh but it kind of takes away from like the whole story arc that's building between yeah um the girl and the the guy that she's telling the stories to and then you know it builds a nice story between them and then he ruins it in like the last minute or so does he like rape her or something he tries to he tries to have sex with her and yeah of course and and (laughs) i was like because they end it perfectly you know she's like oh you're you're my only friend type thing perfect relationship going on and then it cuts to black and it goes and then it come he comes back in without his pants on and is trying to like get get it in do his thing to her and then she wakes up and like freaks out and he's like but you've had lots of men blah blah you know the generic yeah. bullcrap. And I was just like, this is something like if Disney did R-rated movies would have done. Why are you ruining your movie with this stupid plot line? Like, you're just getting rid of the entire story you built. It was yeah, that, it was stupid. That is, that is a dumb ending. Yeah. And then she, I guess, shoots him because she had a gun. So. They don't. <laughs> They just show, they just, you know, you hear the sound and then she runs out of the room and that's how they ended the series. And I was just like, that's so stupid. I even looked at my wife and I was like, fuck this movie. What the hell? <laughs> I was like, if I ever watch this again, I'm just stopping it. And before the, stu- the stupid ending. <laughs> oh, I was so pissed off about that one. 
Oh, spoilers too for Nymphomaniac Volume Two, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone ever want had a desire to see that one, you know that was most people don't. <laughs> yeah. The only reason I, I actually watched them was because uh, Shia LaBeouf was in them. Actually, that was the only real yeah, reason that, I wanted that was to. The reason I did too. Yeah, and he's in part two for like a little bit of it, but not a whole lot. Yeah, I there. I like Lars von Trier's some of his stuff, not all of it. Mm. It was, um, but he's he's definitely again not a director yeah. for everybody. Not everybody's gonna enjoy those movies. I feel like you're weird if you actually enjoy those movies in a way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just like pointed out there. Everybody's yeah. weird now. No. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like, I like those movies to an extent, but they're not easy to watch. Yeah. And you're not necessarily talking about nymphomaniac. You mean all of his movies, like just his filmography. Yeah. Like, I just want to there... put that out there. So people aren't like, Oh, he, he, he probably does something during those sex scenes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is a, uh, his movies are just not that easy to watch. Like they're, yeah. they're like, I watched uh, recently the house that Jack built mm-hmm. his latest movie that got like booed at con and stuff yeah. like that. That movie is like, it's about like a serial killer and there's cer- some scenes in there where you're just like, damn, yeah. he really showed that. I will like, say like for the nymphomaniac ones, I don't remember if it was part one or two, but the scene with Uma Thurman, mm. that was like the most realist thing I've ever seen. I was just like, she needed an Oscar for that performance to play the crazy ass wife and shit. Oh my yeah. God. I think it was part one. I think that was part one. If you've seen it, if you saw yeah. that part, it was part one. Yeah. I was just like, holy crap. I was like, I, I don't think I've seen her act like that in a while. So. <laughs> Of course, that movie is a little older. I I was late to the party for those movies. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So, with the lighthouse ending, man, I will try to get back to that. Um, segue. Segue back. <laughs> segu, as other people would say. <laughs> uh, what did you take from the movie? Like, what is your base theory or whatever? Because I have one about how I, what I think of it without like anybody else's information and all that stuff. So I kind of want to hear like, yours like interpretation or what, in yeah, what way? Like, anything like uh, the interpretation or what do you think um, happened? Something, you know, something like that. H- however you want to go. You, you tell us if it's an interpretation or how, what you think about the, what it was well, that you thought the movie was doing. I think that like I, I mentioned it quickly in the earlier in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that uh, a lot of the, I think it's about like repressed sexuality and like you know like you that that pent up like crazy of because you know there there's a lot of sex in this movie yeah. without there actually being sex in this movie. I mean, it doesn't help that they're literally in like a giant a phallus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and like I said, there's those homosexual like tinges like you were we were talking about. There's the Dude, I still wanted to see him kiss. There better yeah. be an outtake where they just kissed. 
there's, <laughs> there's masturbation like even like like shots of like willem dafoe up in the lighthouse mm. like it's like naked and just like basks in the lights and yeah. so there there and he, he refers to the lighthouse as she yeah yeah the oh the light the light, the light. As she. yeah um and so it's like uh, there's um like i said there, there's a lot of sex in this without there being actual physical sex right the it. only time there's actual physical sex is like the mermaid shot yeah. and even that's just kind of him crazy masturbating yeah. in a shed yeah because so. again he's uh i don't think i we said that but like he finds uh a figurine or a knickknack type thing that's like a, a mermaid, mermaid. Um, with their boobs then, out, apparently, because apparently mermaids don't wear anything over their boobs or something. I don't know. Little Mermaid so he, did. <laughs> he, so he, he, like, fantasizes, like, in this shed about, like, while holding this, like, yeah. little, like, mermaid statue and just, like, very intensely. A, a funny thing about that, apparently that's the first scene they shot day one of shooting. Really? Was, I mean, that's a great icebreaker. <laughs> yeah, and... <laughs> It's like uh, I read that uh, an interview with Robert Eggers and he was uh, and he said that was day one shooting was like him in the shed masturbating. And he just like he was like, yeah, he just went for it. Yeah. And then I, so the, the movie, I'm just waiting on like, well, when's he going to go to this? And then I, when he did it, I was like, oh, yeah, that is going for it day one. I say yeah. now was that that's the shot too um, that he falls down. Right. And that one, yeah. that's the, that that was the first yeah. shot. Dang. First that shot was like of, a very intense shot too. Yeah, and he, like I said, he's he's going nuts in that scene. So yeah. it's like uh, that's a weird mindset to get into. Yeah. First. Another another <laughs> another thing though that I did have an issue with with that scene. Yeah, I love the movie, but I like to pick at stuff. Dude was jerking off. Clearly, he was hard. So he falls down. It should be sticking up. I mean, how did his pants get up that far? Because his pants did go up past that area when he fell down. I'm going to break this down for the listeners here. The Your biggest issue with this movie is not enough Robert Pattinson dick. Right? More people will go see this. <laughs> Robert Pattinson dick needs to be out all the time. And sparkly, too. For <laughs> And sparkly, exactly. <laughs> That's why they shot this movie in black and white so he didn't sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um so did you take any like uh what did you think about the ending? How about that? We'll go with that. It's just like the straight up ending of it. Like the where he's being eaten by the seagulls. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was like the first like real thing that happened in yeah. a uh, for a, a while in the movie. I, think, I feel like a lot of this was, was happens in a in the minds of the two guys. Right. A lot of the movie. Okay. So because there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot that is obviously, but like he'll be say he'll say something like, like there's the when he was at one point, uh, Willem Dafoe chasing him around with the axe, mm-hmm. and then. Like uh, thirty seconds after that scene is over, he's saying like, "You just chased me around trying to kill old Tom." Yeah, and it's just like, wait. So was Robert Pattinson like hallucinating? Was he hallucinating? Like I don't know. Like who? Who is like? Because later on, too, Robert Pattinson says that his name is Tom. 
So maybe yeah. he's just hallucinating that there's an old guy there in the first place. It's just... Yeah, I don't know. Because uh, I, what I gathered from that, though, is he, he killed his friend who was uh, – or he killed somebody whose name he, he assumed. Yeah. So the name that he gave, the Winslow or whatever, like uh, mm-hmm. Ephraim Winslow or whatever his name was, um, was the name of the guy he killed who right. was That's identity. what he says, yeah. Yeah, and then because you kept seeing that dead body, like when he's walking out into the water, he saw that dead body, and then he saw that body again a couple other times throughout mm. the movie. And then that, and that's I, when he kept trying to say that you know that was the dude's um, former uh, servant or assistant or whatever they were supposed to yeah. be. Um, okay, so my take. Oh, okay, go go on. Go ahead. Go on. Go on. I was, and that also I think supports my uh, my uh, repressed sexuality thing to get that misidentity thing because mm. you know the, it, he assumed a different identity of that's not him, right? And then, but also uh, Tom the char- uh, the Willem Dafoe character also did because he lied about being like this like grizzled seaman he really wasn't he's mm. just like he's just kind of this lonely old guy makes up like sea, right? So I and I think that could just be more like uh, allusion to you know like p- people lying about who they are. Yeah. Oh yeah. Assuming, assuming an identity for other people, you know. Yeah. And, Which is you know, like if you're in the cl- a closeted homosexual or whatever, you know, it's just kind of the same thing. Yeah. All that stuff. Um. So, one, if people want to watch a movie where you see a guy go crazy. Watch this one instead of Joker. <laughs> I would that. Um, this is a much better performance, I honestly think. And I love yeah. Fra- uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix performance. Yeah. Uh, so my end up, my big take on the end of the movie, like I loved it. You, you, know, you get confused as hell throughout it because they're jumping from one thing to another. And, you know, uh, what he sees the mermaid, right? And she's just on the, the shore there. And, then like he comes back to her like what five ten minutes later they cut to him banging her or something (laughs) it's so weird but uh anyway my final take like with uh he he he's in the light and stuff one when he was screaming in there i was assuming you know he touched the bulb so ah it hurts type thing Mm-hmm. But of course, there's more to it, and then, but that would also make him fall too, because he, you know, is in shock. So they did that. That was my thought at that time. But then when they cut to him outside, butt naked, being eaten by the seagulls, it explains one the screaming because he's being eaten. So my mm-hmm. assumption would be none of that movie happened. He was on the shore the entire time, being eaten by seagulls. Because he is butt naked. He's not naked when he falls. Right. So my assumption is the entire thing was um, like Willem Dafoe's character said when after he chased him around with the axe, you might be in the, you know, the the desert or the Ar- Arctic or something, freezing your ass off, dying and hallucinating all of this. You know, my assumption is that except he was on the rocks being eaten by seagulls. Exactly. And, and everything, the entire movie of like the lighthouse was just in his mind to like 
because his psycho psychosis was like taking him out of the presence of dying. I think I think as a decent reading of that movie because I, um, but Robert Eggers hasn't like gone on to say right. right. I don't think he's kind of the director who's gonna no give a definitive, especially for this kind of movie. Because that's there the is- great thing about that is like you as an audience member get to be like. Well, this is what it is, you know. This is what happened. This is what doesn't happen. Like, is is right. this guy crazy or is that guy crazy? Are they both crazy? Um, because uh, we we're talking about the the lighthouse being like the you know the Olympus, like light of like all mm-hmm. knowledge. And, and so, going off that reading, you're saying like, uh, like when he looks into the light, he can't handle, you know, like you know, like he's just kind of like over overblown right literally by like the way it shot and by he like him falling back and like down the, the down the spiral right like he can't handle the the pressure of all knowledge you know yeah. so from a like a metaphoric sense it yeah. works too. And it, but i i agree to some extent where i think the only real thing maybe that last shot right in the whole thing or maybe like when they first get there maybe and then yeah and then but like that last shot of him on the beach i think might be like the at least up to that point the realest thing you see yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah when i i got out of there i was just like i wonder if that's it and 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 the thing i like about movies like this though is like again especially if a director doesn't come out and be like no this is what it is let your audience think all these things they might come up with a better idea in their head than you might have because right. there's billions of people out there you know that are and watching this movie, watch hopefully yeah and it's it's honestly one of the best things as a storyteller you can hope for is that your movie has hundreds of different endings in everybody's minds because or hundreds of different meanings because then they're more apt to go and see your next film and your next film. If it's like your generic bad guy, good guy fight, bam. Oh, over. I wins. Yeah. It's, it's the basic stuff. It's, and I, I feel that's one of the reasons why, um, people ran out to the theaters to go see Endgame Cause they were, conf- they wanted to see what was going to happen from a bad guy beating everyone in infinity war. Now, mm-hmm. granted, those movies aren't like the same style as Lighthouse whatsoever, but yeah. I'm just like as like a generalization for more people to get that grasp because there there's so many other movies out there that it's just like they they leave it open for interpretation, and that's really like one and of I the best things about filmmaking. And I think that's what also made me feel like it, 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 the first time I watched Eraserhead too, because mm-hmm. David Lynch is a very, if anyone has seen his movies knows he's a very um, a surreal director. He's a, he, his movies don't have necessarily a definitive right. meaning, or if they do, he doesn't say. And Eraserhead is like his first movie, and it was very like obscure and at one point he said like believe it or not Eraserhead's my most spiritual film mm-hmm. in an interview and the interviewer's like oh I'll elaborate on that and he's just like no <laughs> <laughs> he's like no you figure it out 
that's, <laughs> that's what's up. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was one thing I was actually kind of excited for uh, when the Joker movie came out. And you see all these different people coming up with, like, things of, like, oh, well, it was all in Arthur's head. Or, mm-hmm. oh, um, after he ran from the cops and got hit by the car, that's when he went to the mental hospital and everything else was all in his head. Or, you know, there was all these different interpretations of it. Of course, my mind is, no, it's a damn freaking Batman origin story. Leave it alone. <laughs> I I honestly wish they didn't show Batman's origin story in yeah. Joker, because like we all know that's technically where it's, it's not Batman's origin story; it's Bruce Wayne's. That becoming true. the bat. They at true. least they did not show like a bat flying out of the freaking alley yeah, or something. It, yeah, it, they didn't get too heavy handed with it, but like the last shot where it's like like that one pull out shot yeah. of like him standing there with his dead parents you're just like all right yeah which we then that, need- i feel that shot there and, and like the whole wayne thing going in is like okay this happened it had to have happened because why the hell would he be thinking it in his head but i say uh, in my so it's like as a viewer i'm the how many times do we have to watch poor martha and tom wayne get murdered 500 more times <laughs> like every batman movie has to show it honestly like, like if they were smart because in this next batman movie they're most likely going to show it it's like how many times does uncle ben have to die it's like this exactly. is the first spider-man movie we didn't or spider-man we didn't see that with instead we saw tony stark die spoilers for all those movies <laughs> i guess <laughs> um but if they're smart Instead of shooting a new freaking death scene, just take this scene from the Joker, copy and paste it at the beginning of your movie. Bam, boom, you're over. I don't. I don't even think you need that because I feel like I don't think people, they need it at all. People understand, I think, how Batman becomes Batman at this right. point, and so like as a viewer, you can just like like they did with Spider-Man, you know, like with Tom Holland Spider-Man. Mm. They just jump in and he's Spider-Man. Either like, that or it, it must be I understand like, how it happened. <laughs> it, it might be a clause that like you have to show the origin for every new adaptation of Batman. But even so, like <laughs> uh, like in like Zack Snyder showed it in everything, like right. uh, all every single one of the you know, like the Tim Burton ones, I think both of those showed it at the one point. First at, one sh- the first one showed it. The second one, I think, after the first one, they just kept showing like the stupid pearl like necklace the, breaking. Yeah, the pearl necklace, and uh, and like there was the, one that was legit just the pearls dropping on the ground, but I don't remember which one that is. And then it kind of makes me want to be like, okay, if we're gonna do this, I want to see Adam West Batman's parents death scene <laughs> right <laughs> let's uh, see I, that shit happen <laughs> as like poor tom and martha they have to die constantly and it's like wait i think we as people who've read comics and watched these movies all our lives yeah and go walk into a batman movie and say i know how he became batman right. and we can just move on just with like spider-man <laughs> and, i mean honestly we're at that point in comic book movie 
history now, I guess, that we don't really need a whole lot of origin stories. No. For, like, the basic characters. Like, we... If maybe they, if you're first introducing a character who's never been on screen before. Right. Maybe you can be like, okay, how does X become X, you know? Like, like it, but it's like, do we really need to see, like, a Superman origin story again? I don't think so. No. Like, we've, we've seen enough Superman. Dude, I want them to do Brandon Routh, Routh, sorry, as Kingdom Come Superman, either as a TV show or a movie. Because I want to see that storyline. Well, you it, like like on his uh, a crisis on infinite earth. He's playing like, that one. Yeah, it's like he, he still looks good in the suit, right? You just give, give him a decent script, and he can be a good Superman. And and I know you don't watch the CW shows, but uh, he plays um, the Adam in the universe. Um, he basically is like Ant-Man. He shrinks down to Adam's eyes. Oh, right. And, yeah. And comes back out. Uh, and his, it's Ray Palmer. Sorry. Uh, but the Adam is like his superhero name. And the way he plays that, like, goofiness is like straight up like Clark Kent, dude. Like, it would be perfect to see that again. Um, and then he's leaving the Arrowverse right now. Uh, him and his wife are both on the legend show, but this is their last season. They're going to be exiting this season sometime soon um, together. So, Because Legends likes to bring in new people and switch them out, you know, get rid of old people that they, they don't see a story arc moving forward for them. But it okay. was kind of cool that him and uh, his wife got to, like, share scenes in the show and like they made them a love interest on the show even and stuff. So it's kind of cool, but, and I didn't even know they were together until I read that like probably three, four weeks ago. <laughs> I was like, Oh, um, but no, I would love to see him as Superman again. Like Superman returns. Wasn't a horrible movie. It, it, it needed a better script. Um, Lex Luthor needed a better, uh, you know, outcome, <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, the, and a better director. Yeah, because uh, uh, who directed name? that one? That was a. Uh, um, I don't remember. Guy who? Uh, why can't? It, why is his name escaping me? <laughs> the guy who did uh, Bohemian, like sub, at least started Bohemian Rhapsody. Um. Oh wait, not Batman, Superman, right? Superman. We're talking about Superman. Yeah, Superman. Superman I, it, Returns was directed by. Oh, that was two thousand six. Wow, that was a while ago. Uh, Brian Singer. Yeah. Yeah. So Brian, he did like X uh, X Men, right? Yeah, no. he did like the first couple X Men yeah. movies, and he did uh, uh most recently he was one of the directors on uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. He's the one that's credited, but like nobody like actually that, thinks that he actually directed it. <laughs> that movie was a waste of time. <laughs> it's it's a, it was a it was a two hour like music video. Yeah, and most of the story like that they put in there uh, was wasn't even true. real. It's yeah, like... the, the Queen version of what happened. Like, yeah, this this is the fairy tale that happened. Yeah, and they... seeing that he didn't even like. <laughs> tell anybody or anything until after that concert like 
Yeah, but they make it like the like the they they weren't broken up there for like um for uh the live aid show like they prior to that they weren't broken up. Yeah. And but they made him that he broke up and then the, his news of him having AIDS brought them together and or rallied them to this big performance. It's like that's yeah, none of that's true. Like, <laughs> here's what we wanted to happen. So you this know makes what? a better arc of a story. So they do that with everything though. That's that's the one thing I don't like about biopics that, that they just change up a lot of stuff. Uh, unfortunately. Especially yeah. music ones because it's all just about the music anyways. It's just the big music videos. I didn't watch the um I know Netflix did one about Motley Crue, I believe. Yeah, um, I heard it was bad, so I didn't watch it, it either. That, I like I don't know. It has Machine Gun Kelly as uh, Tommy Lee. Yeah. So I'm just like, no. Oh, I don't man. I just watched because you're talking about Machine Gun Kelly, I just finally watched Bird Box. Did you ever watch that? Uh, I never got around to Bird Box, no. Okay, so I won't do any spoilers, because it's actually a pretty decent movie. But they Machine MGK, Machine Gun Kelly, is in that movie, too, for a short period of time. But they put Dude in the scene with Sandra Bullock and John Malkovich. And I was oh, just no. like, oh, no. And then, like, as soon as they did it, I was like, oh, no. And then I told Nick, I was like, why'd they do that to him? My wife, uh, Nick, why'd they do that to him? And she's like, what? I was like, they put him in a scene with two phenomenal actors. Right. <laughs> and then this like not an actor. <laughs> then like the last like shot of that scene, he has like the line and then they cut to the next scene. And he just delivered it so poorly because they had just delivered like such great lines. I was just like, oh, that's not good for his career. <laughs> On a similar level, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Score. It's an Edward Norton and a Marlon Brando movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I felt the same way about Edward Norton in that movie is that he was always trying to be on the same level as Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and it was like, but it was like painfully obvious that he wasn't. Right. <laughs> so it was like, he's like, he's acting in the same scene with Marlon Brando. And then, and like Marlon Brando could like be half there and be a better actor than most people. <laughs> and and but like Edward Norton was trying so hard yeah. to be, and he was just and he was just falling short, and it's kind of embarrassing and sad. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, man, some of these people like I don't know why they why they cast some actors to be in scenes with some. I'm, I mean, you know, N Edward Norton's not a bad actor nowadays. Oh, he's not a bad actor, so, but but when you put them up against other other talent, especially when they're like supposed to be the main cast, you know, it's like, yeah, it, it gets rough. Um that's why, like, ensemble casts and stuff, like, it's like either have actors that are about the same par or uh, don't put them all in the same scene together. <laughs> yeah. Which they kind of did in, um, in, uh, what was it, Infinity War. Like, you see, like, how they break the the actors up into different segments throughout right. the whole movie. Because the Infinity War, they shot it a lot different than Endgame for some reason. Like, Endgame should have been on the same dang thing, but whatever. Uh, they they did it kind of like a Star Wars movie, is how it felt. Like even, Were they all 
each other on their own thing. Yeah, and then the the even the ways they cut were kind of like how Star Wars cuts to like their next saga over in another planet or another <laughs> this and that. It was very like I was like, wow, that feels very Star Warsy, but okay. I mean, probably I, on purpose. Yeah, a lot of a lot of these movies like today have owed their existence to the existence of Star Wars. So. Yeah. Star Trek would not have Han Solo, though, if it wasn't for Captain Kirk. So. <laughs> I'm not, I, I, I'm admittedly not as knowledgeable about Star Trek. I don't not like Star Trek, but I don't know. I can't argue Star Trek stuff because I'm not a, I've seen like the original series, mm-hmm. most, most of it. I haven't, I don't know if they've seen all of it even. Yeah, it's only three seasons, so that's the nice thing about the original series. There's only three seasons, and that's what's daunting about like most everything else is because like you know you go the original Star Trek. I can I can do three seasons of that. It's good. Not the stories are good, and then you get into like Next Generation, and there's like eleven seasons or something. There's so for every show after the original series, how they did it was that got three seasons got canceled because. They thought nobody liked Star Trek. Then they did all their stupid petition stuff, got their movies, and then they went to Next Gen, which got seven seasons. After Next Gen started, all the shows that came after all got seven seasons, like guaranteed almost. The only one that came after the original series that didn't get seven seasons was Enterprise. It got five seasons. It got canceled early. But everything else got seven seasons, including Voyager. And that, and I've watched all of them on Netflix recently, like throughout <laughs> a few years, you know, because seven seasons. It takes, it takes time. Yeah, 22 episodes, and they're all our episodes. So, you know, think about it. You get, I think you could do two episodes, 40, uh, two, two episodes in an hour and a half, I think. So, yeah. But I also had, like, a nice job before where I was working at a studio and I could play it, have it on my computer with Netflix and stuff like that and play that while I was at the studio and doing other work, too. So that's generally how I watch a lot of my content, which is probably why a lot of people are like, do you even watch what you're watching? I was like, kind of, but I have work (laughs) to do, too. I I try. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You were talking. You were talking on the group. Uh, uh, it was like, how do people have time to like watch all and keep up with all their pop culture stuff oh, yeah. and keep up with sports at the same time? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you have respons- You've got, like I said, you've got like kids and stuff, so yeah. you have to occasionally give them some attention. I think. Yeah. <laughs> kids yeah. need. Kids need that. I think. I mean, um, I got lucky. Um with like some some shows like the kids want to watch some of the stuff like flash they like mm-hmm. watching flash so we'll watch flash together but it's like there's a lot of content that i have to take in either for the podcast or for other means that i do stuff and it's like i i just don't have the time to pay attention to sports granted i'm not a sports guy anyways mm-hmm. but like then i see like other friends of mine that you know like you, 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 you do the, the movie stuff and then you do the football stuff. Like, you know, cause you're a, what are you a cheese head, right? 
Yeah, I'm a Packers fan. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, but that's that's like the, my only foray into uh into sports. So like everything else, I'm like I don't care. I don't know. Yeah. But like fo- football's like this this like 16 week periods like my period and i love yeah. this i used to pay attention to uh hockey a lot um i never got into watching football on tv like my parents did you know that shit like everybody yeah. watched football or um i i didn't even watch basketball on tv we watch NASCAR a lot, but <laughs> that I wasn't remember. really watching. It was like it's on and you're there because it takes two hours or three hours. And just show just show up at the the at the last like five minutes and yeah. you got gist of things. Right. <laughs> yeah. But right. I remember like going to your guys' house and I that was my first exposure to like pro wrestling, NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, football to some extent because i didn't my parents didn't really watch a lot of football my dad's a football fan too but Mm -hmm. it wasn't he didn't watch it that often until unless i wanted to watch it and usually then it was just like a packers game right but now we watch most of the games together so yeah yeah i just i don't get it because i like you like you said pro wrestling like i i love watching pro wrestling and like i got into a lot of different like um companies rather than just uh wwe formerly wwf like everybody's like thinks that's the jam that's it but there's so many other companies like uh new japan pro wrestling um there's a bunch of companies in mexico i would watch and then uh there's a new company that just recently started up called aew and I can't keep up with all of that and keep up with the TV and the movies and the music and any other news and pop culture. It's like, I just can't, I gotta, you know, slowly do it. So I work on it. Hopefully one of these days I'll have a secretary that can just like, you know, bring me the crap and there you go. Especially yeah, running it, the pop culture podcast. Yeah. The, the podcast world's uh and that just like the internet, like, uh, like critique of pop culture and yeah. talking about, like you said, there's so much of it and you kind of have to stand out in some way. Cause uh, people are going to listen to like Kevin Smith's podcast because he's Kevin Smith, yeah. but like, <laughs> and then, um, I don't know how many of the casts you listen to. I don't expect everyone to listen to it, especially the people that come on. Cause we all have lives, but, uh, we also do, um, segments and stuff on here too. So every so often, like our, the audience will know, uh, we do like a slashery segment, um, where it's five minutes of slashery, where I go on about like five minutes of horror genre type stuff. I don't have a slashery segment today, guys. I'm sorry. Um, so we do like stuff like that. And if we, uh, if I go in on like the CW shows and like how bad they are, or how good they are, or they did something stupid, like the Batwoman keeps doing like bad things. <laughs> um yeah, just then, the trailer of that was looked bad to me i was just like i i was interested at first so i was like this could be good and then i saw the trailer and i was like nah the the my biggest issue is they're creating a world of gotham without batman but they've acknowledged that batman exists mm-hmm. so it's kind of like okay uh where's Robin? Where's all these other characters that could be coming in? Where's all this stuff? Why have we not heard names about those? 
It, it can lead into a lot of big problems because she is in Gotham. It could have been a lot better if she just was Batwoman in another city or because it's in a different, you know, because CW has different Earths. It could have been Batwoman and that's it. You know, instead of like the whole Bruce Wayne stuff, maybe her arc is Bruce Wayne's arc, you know? I can't remember the trailer that I saw for it, right? They even said like, like, I'm not Batman, I'm Batwoman or something like that. They make like the point to say like, I'm see, like, I, yeah. I, I heard that in the trailer. Um, I have not seen any like feminist pushes in the show, which is cool for, I've only, I've watched three episodes so far. Um, and I, and I'm not against like the, uh, like necessarily feminist. No, no, no I know. I'm just like, saying uh, like, that's like, like one of the biggest issues it, uh, people have. Some of it is a little heavy handed. Yeah. And it's when it gets too heavy handed where I'm just like, that doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. Like there's some good feminist movies, you know, I, I'd consider alien a feminist movie, but they, they don't really. No. no, it's an action movie with a great female lead or Which it's a is... horror movie technically with a great female. But it, I think it, it, it could also be you know seeing this feminist because it is a, a good female lead which a lot I, of movies do i think the one of the biggest things is the issue is when you say feminist a lot of people automatically think like the toxic feministic type things yeah. nowadays well, that's, it's that's what i it's what? that's what i mean like there's like the the stuff that isn't that like yeah. you can always tell when something's like forced and like uh, i say woman empowerment Rather than feminist, for that that works, yeah. Because when you when it's it's gotten to that point in the world, like we talk about it on the cast, like people say SJW way too damn much, and they don't know what it means anymore, and it's become also kind of like a slur against anybody who doesn't have an opinion that's exactly like yours on certain aspects of everything, and it's ridiculous. It's like they called the millennial by boomers, yeah. Because, I mean, technically, the Joker movie has a huge SJW undertone in it. You can't say there's no social justice working in that movie whatsoever. Like, they're literally dealing with, like, the the whole, like, everybody marching on, you know, the city and everything like that. It's like, that's a social justice thing. Like, it's, you know. And, and honestly, and using it as a slur is kind of weird because they're making it seem like social justice is bad. Right, and it's not it's 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 not bad. It's the 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 um how it's been used in in media in the past lately is because no, I mean, they it, don't it, know it, what it means. And real quick though, before we 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 phase away from the SJW <laughs> stuff, guys, there's a new SJW rules shirt on our Teespring account. The link is in the description. It is SJW Rules. The S stands for Star Trek TNG. The J stands for Jean-Luc Picard. And the W stands for William T. Riker. Because SJW Rules Star Trek. There we go. And a quick promo. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I definitely suggest everybody go and see The Lighthouse if you haven't. Even if we just spoiled it for you. Just, just go see it anyways. For sure. You might find you might see a different movie than we did. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we didn't even discuss in depth a lot of the stuff that actually happens in there. We just talked yeah. certain main points too. Cause there's a lot that goes on. 
And like you said, there are fart jokes in the movie. <laughs> like you will, you will laugh in that movie. Honestly, like I, I was in a theater with people. I'm guessing like not everyone there was like a film person, you know, like necessarily. Yeah. So like, and the theater was laughing. Yeah, I was, a gonna, lot of- I was gonna ask like, what was like the the feel for the movie when you went with your audience? Because I I, I feel like I feel like our audience was good. Like yeah. it, they would react to it, and uh, I didn't get a, a good feel of the theater after the movie was over. So I didn't know. A lot of times, like when I saw Midsummer, people were like talking about that out mm-hmm. in the, the lobby afterwards. I, I didn't hate hear when a lot people of people do that. I hate when people talk in the lobby because I might yeah. be walking into the movie that you're talking about. Right. I, I always wait till I get to the car to say anything. Like I walk in silence until I get to my car. So the so I but I didn't get any uh, interaction like that. So I don't really know how the audience felt by the end. Right. But like during it, the people were laughing, and people were like commenting on like gasping and whatever yeah. whatever they reacting to the film pretty <laughs> okay yeah i didn't have very many people in my screening when i went i went of course i went at like two o'clock in the afternoon yeah um, and there's probably like middle of the week too yeah so. yeah it was uh it was yeah it was a weekday but i went at two in the afternoon and there was probably me and eight other people in the screening. So there there wasn't very many. I, I was annoyed because, you know, uh, the guy next to me, um, he brought a buddy that wasn't into like movie type stuff like that. Mm. He wasn't really like a film guy. He was more, or, and I don't even want to say this movie is just for film people too. I don't, I don't want to do that because it's not, you can enjoy this even if you're not like a film person, as long as you like weird things, (laughs) <laughs> yeah you have you have to be into like the like cerebral like yeah psychological like horror ish kind of stuff and be okay and not knowing what's happening because <laughs> yeah. you you probably won't and that's okay yeah. don't 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 walk into it thinking it's uh, it's uh it's like a sylvester stallone movie where everything's laid out for you <laughs> 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 But there are some corny jokes, so that's fun. Um, ah, shit! What the hell was I even saying? <laughs> the guy next to you? Oh yeah, the guy next to me. Uh, he brought a buddy, and his buddy was just like, as soon as he saw uh the uh Pattinson and uh Defoe, all he was like throughout the rest of the thing, like every so often I'd hear him say shit. Um, he's like, oh. Uh, 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 what do you call him? The Green Goblin and uh, Twinkly from Twilight. That's how he called him. I was like, but dude, it, can I say this too? For any dumbasses out there, keep saying he sparkles. He barely sparkles in those movies. I've seen all four of them, or five of them, actually. They're, he doesn't sparkle all the time. He barely sparkles. I think they do like two or three scenes in the entire series. Where he's actually in the sunlight, sparkling. People won't. People won't care. They'll continue to say it because everyone says it. So that's the common thing to I, say. I always have said I hope that somebody somewhere in on the Batman set 
does something where like Alfred opens the blinds and the light blink gleams through the glass and like <laughs> makes him shine just for a second, you know, or else he, you know, he's like dawn is breaking or some bullshit, you know, some stupid line just to like jab the fans <laughs> one more time. Uh, I, I, I wish that was the title of the Batman movie is just, the Batman breaking dawn <laughs> part three. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and as I said before, it does make sense that, you know, he becomes the Batman since he was a vampire. He's got to turn into a Batman. Absolutely. There we go. Like Dracula style. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you on here. I appreciate Finish you. The cast up. Um, you're welcome back anytime you want. Just hit me up. We can come back, talk about anything. If I haven't watched it yet, I'll try and go watch it uh, or listen to it or whatever you want to talk about, man. Um, got any last words? Any any projects you might be working on or want support uh, for or anything like that? I'm not currently working on anything okay. yet, but I have ideas that I'm starting. So just keep an eye out. It name's Austin Mosier. All right. I'll I'll try to keep you guys in touch. So every episode I end it with a quote. I will I will I will quote Thomas Wake from Lighthouse. <clears throat> quote of the day. Damn ye, then let two strike ye dead, Winslow Hark. You just finished another great episode of Operation Babel. You can catch every episode of Operation Babel on all your audio streaming services, including SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, and more. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Operation Babel. And join the conversation today by searching for the Operation Babel group on Facebook. Links also in the description. Don't forget to find Mike on all social platforms, including YouTube, by searching Mike Shrews, M-Y-K-E-S-H-R-E-W-S. Thanks, and have a great day.